Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I am back to start 21, 2021 is the year it is, uh, with first episode of the year. Uh, there's a little bit of giggling on the other side of the microphone because I am with my good friend, Cody Wittick. Say hi, Cody. What's up, everybody? <laughs> that was good, that was good. That was a good, very intro-y voice, thank you. Uh, Cody's gonna pop out and then pop back in for a second, but the reason he is here is because as we take the ne next steps, of the, the 31 bits journey at 4x400, I'm gonna tell you about, uh, I'm gonna recap holiday for you, tell, we how we, tell you how we did relative to our success metrics, uh, tell you how we missed those success metrics actually and why I think we missed them and how Cody and uh, uh, his company are gonna help me solve that problem in the future. I'm gonna tell you about a strategy that we are employing for 31 bits that's really, really different related to influencers that uh, we have we've not really done anything like it at 4x400 before. So new um, for us and uh, something I think you're gonna be really excited about uh, because it's sort of getting out of the simple rhythms of regular digital ads and thinking a little bit more expansively about how we grow our brand. Hang in there and I'm gonna tell you all about it. All right, so 31 bits, uh, if you've been following the journey along the way, you know that we acquired 31 bits in the middle of 2020, a jewelry company, um, and have seen from the beginning that while we think there is a lot to love about this brand, that there was one clear problem when 40400 acquired it that we have been hacking away at the entire time. Um, and that problem is the conversion rate relative to the average order value. We 31 bits for years has not converted enough traffic relative to its AOV. Um, the simple way, as I often say, to summarize that metric um, is, uh, uh, is RPC, revenue per click. Um, and revenue per click is simply conversion rate times average order value. So if you wanna roll up the relationship between those two things, I've talked about this plenty of times, but just for review, um, in my mind, what's well, what's really clear is that conversion rate and AOV have an inverse relationship with one another. The higher the AOV, the lower the conversion rate. Um, this is intuitive. If you're selling a $3,000 um, product, it's you're going to convert less customers uh, than you are selling a $30 product. Uh, you're just going to exist at different conversion rates. So, um, and again, than a $3 product. So, um, so for all those, so that's the baseline reality. And if you if you want to understand the proper relationship between um, CVR and AOV, um, the simple way to roll that up is to say, what's the total RPC? And you just multiply those two numbers by each other, AOV times CVR, and you'll get what a click is worth to you. Um, and, uh, and so that's revenue per click, right? The other way, of course, would be to take all your clicks, um, or you take all your revenue, divide by your clicks, and there's your revenue per click. So um, that matters because what that functionally tells you is how much customers uh, like are sort of loving your product in the way that as a brand you want them to, which is by buying stuff. Um, and if they are not buying enough stuff relative to the AOV, it will throw off most of the rest of your metrics. Typically, um, the cost of traffic is not really related to your conversion rate or to, to the AOV. So if your cost of traffic is the same, no matter what your AOV is or no matter what your RPC is, really, if the cost of traffic is the same, um, then by pushing your RPC up, traffic ends up being more valuable to you because the gap between now the revenue per click and the cost per click is basically margin. Um, so I hope that makes sense. But the point is, in what 31 Bits has struggled with is 
that it has not been able to make a click worth enough to it. I have told you a lot of reasons why I think that is the case. And we have sort of gone through and checked them off. Um, we've talked plenty about the brand and expressing the brand better. That's what was a kind of our initial suggestion was that we needed to bring the story of 31 Bits, which does have some real magic in it, closer uh, up front. And then I said, well, maybe we had a product and price problem and and maybe we had a messaging problem and a um, product, we, you know, we released a bunch of new products and cycled out some old products. And we've kind of gone through all of these different elements of trying to fix this problem of RPC. Um, and what I told you in the beginning is that you, uh, that for us to be successful, and we did not know if we would be successful, what we wanted to see was by the end of 2020, one month where we did 100 grand in revenue at a two and a half MER. So 40% ad spend, 40 grand in ad spend. Um, so I'm gonna wrap up for you with numbers in front of me how we did in November and December, which is when you would have expected that to happen. In November, we did, 43.6K in revenue against 20 grand in ad spend, basically. Uh, yeah, 19.8, right? So not close, really. Like coming up on a two and a half MER, but way less volume than what we had expected. Uh, Black Friday, we did seven grand, fine, but that, but like not anything massive. Spe specifically for a jewelry company, you'd expect that a gifting moment, it would be better. Um, in December, however, we did $75,000. Uh, now that's, Particularly interesting, right? Because December did not contain Black Friday or Cyber Monday or the weekend in between. So there was real growth there. And we did that at $30.1,000 in revenue. Uh, so almost exactly at a two and a half MER, or excuse me, at $30.1,000 in spend, basically exactly a two and a half MER. 75 grand at a two and a half MER. We had wanted 100 um, out of two and a half, we got 75. So what I'll say about that is like, it's sort of the frustrating thing about running four by 400 sometimes, which is trying to evaluate what success, success actually is. We clearly missed our number, but how much did we miss it by? Like you look at that and you see the growth from Black Friday month to December and see like real steps forward, um, you know, on, not too far off doubling our revenue with 65 or something percent increase in revenue month over month without Black Friday or Cyber Monday um, in, in the month. And, um, and we did that at the same MER that we were at before. So that, that all shows real performance increase is what I'm saying. There was real steps forward. So we decided as a team, we're gonna give this basically one more shot before we figure out if we needed to divest the asset. Um, and that's, that's kind of the reality of where we're at. We're, we're constantly in a position, four by 400, and, and for me in particular, I kind of have to function like a portfolio manager in terms of which assets that are in our portfolio um, get more investment. That's really the question for, for me a lot of times. And um, and so right now for 31 Bits, we're deciding this is gonna get some more investment. We're gonna do a few things along that um, front. One of them is um, we are continuing to move 31 Bits towards metal jewelry um, outside of its paper bead past from Uganda. We've talked about, about this quite a lot as well, but the story of, of 31 Bits really was founded on this Uganda story. Um, that was all shut down and we are moving towards metal jewelry, okay? Uh, developed in Bali, all the same standards of ethical um, fashion being put into place there and really developing out what, how we're gonna interact with our artisans in Bali over the longer term. Um, but that's, that's part of the deal. And so, um, that had already started before we acquired the brand, but we released a new line in, I think it was November of uh, last year. Um, and now we are coming back around to um, basically one and a half more releases that we've committed to. Okay, so um, Cody, I know this is news to you. I, I introed Cody to you, but he's been sitting here listening to me talk this whole time. <laughs> um, so Cody, you probably didn't know this. Great but listener. Yeah, yeah, you are really engaged, which I appreciate. <laughs> 
Um, but I'm giving Cody some context here as well, and I will tell you more about Cody in a second. But, um, but one of the things we've committed to here is um, moving towards a new line. What we have discovered is, this is really obvious, I'm sure, to anybody who has deeper experience, particularly in this category or in other um, apparel type categories, anything that you wear, is that um, of the stuff that we last released, about 30% of it is moving pretty well. About 30% of it is moving in the middle somewhere. And then about 30%, it only comes up to 90%, but you see what I'm saying, about a third, right, uh, is moving very slowly. So it's like divested kind of stuff. People are just not responding to it. And so with each release of product, what I expect to happen is that same thing. I expect that we will have those kinds of, of um gaps in terms of products that people love, products that move okay, products that people don't really want that much. So um, in my view, part of what we then need to do, if you just think about the math here, is keep investing in the products that we love, that people are, are buying, including developing more ad creative around that product. Uh, I'm going to tell you with Cody in a second here something else we're going to do around some of that product. Um, beefing up the PDPs for that product specifically, really making sure that our content is great there. Um, for our middle and less moving products, um, we will move it on discount. And um, this is because we are not selling fine jewelry. We're not selling gold here. We're selling sterling silver, gold vermeil, some brass still. Um, because we're not moving fine jewelry and because we're not trying to present a super premium brand here, we're very comfortable with, with sales. And so what you can imagine now, the, the step forward here being, um, as far as the marketing cycle and the campaign cycle for 31Bits, is that we will... Um, keep releasing new product uh, where we develop new lines, buy them, see what people respond to um, consistently. My goal, I would love to get in some way new product coming to the website every month. I, my, my, in my mind, there's probably four to six really big releases throughout the year and then uh, another six or so smaller releases. So small collections, but some reason to email your customers, some reason to post on social to say, check out this new stuff. Um, and then as people respond to that, you will keep stocking the stuff that's moving quickly. And then in the midst of your product release campaign calendar, you will on the off times have sales. And I think that we will frame those sales all kinds of different ways. So um, we would release, like let's say stuff that's on clearance. Um, maybe you do a buy one, get one 50% off, buy two, get one free sale one week. And then two weeks later, you know, you, you shut that down. And then two weeks later you do 20% uh, off this whole collection or 40% off bracelets and you mark down specific subsets of your product line to move those at clearance. And again, that gives people a reason to come back and buy the product. Now, because the margin, the gross margin is good on this product in general, we can afford to do that. And we can also make sure that try to build as many of these sales as possible in ways that are margin conscious, typically by hey, get people to buy two, that's going to make it so that, um, you know, you save on shipping and fulfillment costs across things and, and there's savings there and you don't lose too much margin despite discounting. So, um, so you got to be conscious of that as well. We are, we're paying close attention to those numbers and, and really building our offers conscious of margin. I would recommend you always are doing that. Anytime you're building a sale offer or anything, be really careful about thinking through how that affects your margin. Um, but that's the goal. So new products, and then sales, and then somewhere in the midst of that, probably like moments for good. And what I mean here is like um, thinking carefully about um, 
partners that we can work with who are like we did a little thing with Feed America for one day um, at the end of the year, tried to do a give back campaign. It didn't really work very well, to be honest. Um, but we learned from that about maybe how we could do that better next time. So maybe you do a day where 20% of all purchases or a collection where 20% of all purchases are going to a give back to some organization just to kind of reinforce this fashion for good part of the brand. All right, so that's a long setup. That's a long setup. But the reason I gave you that is because I wanted you to hear everything that we have done so where we are so far um, with where we got to in December with what the, the next strategy step is in terms of what we feel like we've learned so far. So now let me tell you about Cody. Um, Cody, you are now briefed on the strategy. You actually I don't think knew much of that, did you? I, I knew like 0.1% of that. Yeah, okay, great. So I knew Uganda and I knew Bali. Right, you had some familiarity with yeah. 31 bits. Um, so, um, but didn't know that whole part of the strategy. So Cody and uh, his partner, Taylor, uh, Taylor Lagasse. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, people naturally go to Lagasse, right? But I think so. Yeah, but I just call him Taylor Legacy. Yeah, or TL. Sometimes he gets yeah. a Taylor Legacy. <laughs> Cody and Taylor um, are partners in a um, an agency, and I'm not going to try and intro your agency. Why don't you do that for us, Cody? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, really I'm gonna, interested to see. No, how no, no. I well, I'm going to tell you why we're working with Cody and yeah. or in a second, but um, t- yeah. but but go ahead. Yeah. So we're an influencer marketing agency. Um, Common Thread Collective invested in us about two years ago um, to get us off the ground. I was formerly at a company called Kalo, which is where we met. Mm-hmm. Um, we can certainly talk about that a bunch. Um, and then Taylor worked at Common Thread Collective under Taylor Holiday. Yeah. As an entrepreneurial apprentice, also building out the influencer program there. Um, we seeked up, started our own agency, obviously CTC. And Cody, you at Kalo put a lot of Kalo rings on a lot of famous people's fingers. Yeah, no, and that's so, what so I was thinking Mention, we mention some it. of the famous people's fingers that you put Kayla rings on. LeBron James, Bryce Harper, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Mike Trout. I mean, pretty much any Yeah, huge NFL athletes. Quarterback. Yeah, tons of NFL quarterbacks. So Cody was in charge of the seeding program there and I think probably got your influencer chops there, right? Developed yeah. from there. No, I, I mean, and you, you, you have an athletic history, obviously, so that, that world probably felt comfortable to you. Yeah, so play basketball at Biola where you went as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was responsible for building out the influencer program at Kalo. So it was a one-man show, but it was very spread <laughs> spread wide. Yeah. Now uh, that so like that was where I got my intro to the concept of influencer seeding, which we'll talk about in a little bit as yeah. well. Because being on the marketing team there with Taylor, now Kalo had this like amazing advantage with influencer seeding, which is that the product is basically free. Uh, <laughs> like the in gross margins on silicone rings, yeah, they yeah. are so little that like it just made it makes all the strategic sense in the world for a brand with great margins to give it away to famous people as much as you can. Of course. Um, yeah. So, um, because it's, yeah, it costs nothing, <laughs> basically. Um, so yeah, I, I think I even went to a couple of seating events along the way while being in marketing there and, and kind of watched people respond to that product and, and could see the value of that really clearly. So Kinship now, and just full disclosure here, I am an equity holder in uh, 4x400 and in CTC, which means I have like the tiniest, littlest, I mean, really small, but just full disclosure percentage of kinship in my ownership. So um, just just so everybody knows, I just want to be above board there. Uh, I mean, but really, you guys would have to make a lot of money for me to make <laughs> any money from that. Well, we hope to do so. Yeah, I, I would yeah, love for you to read. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so so okay, so kinship now does influencer marketing for e-commerce brands. Yep, and probably. Yep. Beyond, I guess everybody brand, every consumer goods brand is an e-commerce yeah. brand in some way. But, I mean, we would um, say it applies to any business, but it's definitely the focus, e-com, D2C. Okay. And what are you guys great at? 
Three things. Okay. Um, paid media. So we run Facebook ad accounts as well. Um, influencer content and influencer seating. So those are the kind of the three s- services that we definitely specialize in. Okay. Review seating, and we'll talk about that a bunch today, obviously, yep. um, as the foundation, and then just flows right into getting content so that you guys can repurpose it. Um, when I say you guys, I just mean our clients, people like four by 400. Yep. Um, and then ideally, we're running the ad account as well, just because obviously it's more um, hands-on. Yep. We're more in control of the return at that point. But those are the three things. Yeah, cool. So it's really interesting because when you think about influencer, like most people probably go to paying for posts as like the, the right. classic influencer model. And that is not why I'm having Cody on here to talk about this. The reason I am having Cody on here is not for a commercial, but because in real time, I want to tell yeah. you how we are engaging with Kinship as a central part of the 31-bit strategy next. And it is not trying to get like pay for post kind of relationships for 31-bits. Oh now, I will take... Um, as many posts as influencers want to give uh, 31 bits. Of course. And in fact, with jewelry, there's maybe a little more natural lending to that. People mm-hmm. like to post beautiful product. And, and actually, one of the things I noticed when we acquired 31 bits is that like more than any brand we had, people will just post constantly They're mm-hmm. like and tag 31 bits. So there's lots of that that happens. Um, and I think especially with the ethical component of 31 bits, people feel really proud to like post jewelry that they're wearing that has this ethical storyline. Um, I think it's similar to Kalo, right? Where it's like you have a powerful brand story. Yes. People that can rally around. And outside of even Kalo's brand story, I think it's just a product that people care about. Like the wedding ring is like very meaningful. Yeah. This jewelry can be very meaningful. And you wear it on the outside, right? Like right, it's like, yeah. it's sort of like, it's a lot easier than posting about like, uh, I don't know, modern fuel, I guess are, you know. Because maybe if you really liked your pencil or your pen, you would, you would do it. Or something yeah, like that. exactly, right? Like, but just because you wear it, it's like, oh, it's going to show up. And if mm-hmm. you want people to see what you're wearing and you know people are going to, if you're going to post and you know people are going to say that bracelet is cute, totally. like, then just tag it. So, totally. Yeah, so there's sort of a natural lending to this. Um, but let me, so let me, let me say what happened on my side. Because we, we worked with you guys a little bit before, mm-hmm. a long time ago. But despite being in the same ecosystem and having all this shared everything, we haven't worked together a ton. Right. Um, we did one project with you guys with Slick a while back. Um, and and then I heard you and Taylor, uh, like I say, walking around at some point or talking with somebody. Maybe you were telling some, maybe you were telling us, but just kind of mentioning this seeding product that you guys yeah. have basically. Yeah. Like this, this, like one of your service offerings is this, is this, um, seating thing. And I like stopped and I got really geeked about it. I, I, um, like I was really, really excited because I heard you guys talk about this. And, um, and for me, when I think of product seating, what I think of is labor intensiveness, like from my side and maybe it's, I think of everything that way because we run so many brands that like, yeah. it's just like our time is thin. There's opportunity costs on everything we do. So the idea of like chasing down influencers to to get them to post for me, which I don't really think is going to work very much, um, just like sounds awful. Uh, it sounds terrible and it sounds yeah. really, really labor intensive for very low ROI, despite that I want famous and attractive people posting 31 bits. Right. Um, even like micro influencer types, I don't, yeah. they don't have to be like famous, famous, but yeah. um, I want that to happen. I just, it just feels like so much work to make that happen to me. So when I heard you guys talking about this, like my ears perked up um, and, and I got super, super excited. So, the, before we um, do anything else, and before I say anything more about that, I actually would like you to comment on the pay-for-post model <laughs> yeah. and what you don't like about it, what you think about it, and and kind of just... Well, it just doesn't, it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. Uh, it's an old... It's kind of like 
how Gary Vee just poops on TV commercials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. You need to be spending where your consumers are spending time. Um, so in the same way, it's like this: the way that the social algorithms work now, it just doesn't, it's not a viable channel to actually acquire customers, which is what we say at our agency. It's like we want to be judged on, on ROAS ultimately, judged on sales, not like likes or engagement. Yeah. Um, so, and even to your point where it's like, Influencer marketing is kind of like the sexy channel that everybody wants to do, but no one has time for, but tries anybody. Yeah. Is yeah, so what I've found is that we just, whenever we've put our toe in the water there, we just do it really badly. Yeah. And, and like, and we don't manage it well. And, and I think there's a million of people like you that end up saying, well, influencer marketing doesn't work. Right. And because they expected, they put a minimal amount of effort, expected some, a ton of sales to come in from yep. one post. And then just don't see the return. Yep. And it's kind of like, I mean, you would say the same thing as someone off the street said, hey, I tried Facebook ads for like two weeks and I didn't see anything. And you're like, all right, well, you probably didn't put too much resources into it or you don't have much knowledge around it. Like it takes, it's just like any other marketing channel. You need a holistic strategy. And so tying it back into seeding, um, that's where we see a lot of the breeding ground for success, for future success. Okay, so so here's what I liked about this. So I was starting to think about this 31 bits strategy that we were coming up with, which is like this product release mixed with sale moments Mm -hmm. as a cycling thing. And our Facebook ads, in my view, fit into that cycle. So what I expect our ad account to look like moving forward is that sort of most weeks during the week, my hope is that we could run it at roughly a 1.5 ROAS, like pretty thin, probably barely breaking even at that point, right? Um, I'm not, I mean, I would love it if we could Smash that, of course, but like I'm not really trying to win big. What in my mind, what I think is going to happen for us next is that we will run it like a 1.5 or whatever, and then in the midst of that, we will acquire customers where we, and acquire email addresses and phone numbers. Mm-hmm. That every time we do these releases and sales, we will re-engage with people, and that 1.5 on a one-day window will will come up quite a bit, and we'll start retaining customers really well, and we'll get the full value of that traffic sort of along remarketing and email and all that. And so what will happen is that the ROAS probably won't look that great for a little while, but that the MER will build and build and build and build uh, across our site because we'll be generating a bunch of revenue against a sort of consistent ad spend by engaging with these people with these moments. Now, in the midst of that, I also think that 31Bits has one other huge flaw right now, which is that despite the brand actually has a decent amount of brand awareness because of some PRE kind of moments it had specifically in the Christian communities yeah. and church communities when it was just becoming a really big thing like 10 years ago to think seriously about sort of micro businesses in Africa as a way to lift people out of poverty. That was that had a big moment. Um, got, you know, you and I both have a ton of church backgrounds. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know what this was like outside of church backgrounds, but yeah. I, I don't know if you remember this because you're a little younger than me, but yeah. I distinctly remember like moments at big conferences and things like that where people were really trumpeting this as an approach mm-hmm. to things. So anyway, they generated yeah. a bunch of, of PR and kind of interest by being early in the ethical fashion kind of world. Um, so people sort of knew about Some that. Some large ambassadors, right, though? like at, Ambassadors? Yeah, at peak, like Ayesha Curry. Big time. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Ayesha Curry, Bethany Hamilton was a, was a right. person they did a collab with, and I'm sure they had other big ones um, along the way. I, and those were two of the more recent ones. Um, and, um, yeah, so in the midst of that, um, <clears throat> surprisingly, though, bits, and part of it is because of the way product moves and just websites work and what all that stuff – um, shows very little signs on the website of being lived in by real customers and by real people. So, like, we don't have that many reviews. We don't have many images of, mm. of people, like, on Instagram carousels, despite lots of posts um, from people. We just haven't collected those very well. Um, and, and even just, like, 
like image reviews, people showing the product they bought and wearing it. And the um, and also we don't have great ad content related to real people. All we have is kind of product imagery. Yeah. Um, and so developing that content itself is going to be quite a big project, especially with new product, as we really mm-hmm. said. I mean, having full shoots and really like developing a lot of assets will be time and cost intensive for yeah. us. So in the midst of all that, I thought, oh my gosh, this seeding thing could check a lot of boxes for us. So, okay, before anything else, tell people what your guys' seeding product is that yeah. I essentially bought from you, okay? <laughs> yeah. Sort of, right? You guys yeah, are doing yeah. this as a service for us. Yeah. And uh, again, just fair, uh, like uh, just want to be above board here that you guys have done this for us. It's kind of a favor, basically. Yeah. And we said, what I told you was, yeah. we'll talk about it in real time if it works or not. So like, right. I don't yeah. know if it's going to work yet, yeah. but we'll talk on the podcast, people listen, and we'll, we'll figure out. So you guys will rise or fall. This will be either a waste of your money and time <laughs> because it doesn't work for 31 bits, yeah. or it will go great, and we'll come back yeah. in a couple months and tell everybody about it, yeah. and uh, you'll get a bunch of business from it. So that's, <laughs> the, that's the way we did the deal. So Perfect. Okay, like so talk about the product. Classic win-lose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so a min- we reach out to a minimum of 300 influencers. And our approach is very similar to what I learned at Kalo, which was providing something that was a f- common phrase, which was palms down. Um, it is basically, and we use the common phrase, no strings attached. So we're basically not asking for anything in return. Um, that is our first outreach message. And we've seen greater um, response rate using that message comparatively to brands, which is probably 99% of the market, is asking for something upfront. Um, I compare it to dating a lot, where it's like, if you're gonna ask a girl out, and then you ask her to buy dinner on that first date, you might have a great first date, that relationship probably won't exist. That's not that. how it works with you and your wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Did not how it works with my wife. Um, but that's how the market usually works. Um, and we have a very opposite approach and we see a greater response rate because people are, are like, and sometimes we have to follow up with, no, this is a free gift. Like, I'm serious. We're not asking for anything. Yeah. Um, just to get people to opt in. And to, once people are- For us to send them the product. Yep. And then yep. once opting in, it's very seamless from there. Um, we have a Shopify app. If, if stores are on Shopify, we're able to sync with their store. We're able to mass upload all these influencers at once or as they trickle in, we're able to send them the product. Um, and then from there, it's really um, seeing who's, once we have that bucket of people that have opted in, let's say we reach out to, let's use the minimum, 300. Let's say 100 opted in and said, hey, I'm interested, love this product, thanks for sending it to me. Um, obviously, I mean, I got ahead of myself, but you guys will have approval on all these influencers. Yeah. So you have approval on like, okay, hey, these 10. So you'll are- send us a list. Right. And we'll say, we'll, I assume what's going to happen here is yeah. that we'll tell you this is the kind of people we're looking for. Totally. Basically. Yeah. I mean, and you'll say, okay, great. Yeah. You'll come back with a list for us. Yeah. And then we'll get to look those people over, approve, and then you guys handle the outreach. Exactly. Okay. So that was like the first thing that actually like really caught my attention when I was, when I heard Taylor talking about this was yeah. because that sounds awful to me. <laughs> um, like I was, I seriously, like the idea of reaching, reaching out, out to, to 300, 300 influencers, first identifying 300 influencers. And then reaching out to 300 influencers yeah. will take me forever. But you guys have streamlined process on this. Yeah. And so you can do it fast and cheap, essentially, yeah. yep. in a way that then saves costs. Like, I, like, um, yeah. So so that immediately was like, that's really interesting. Now, for 31 Bits, it's made a ton of sense for us, too, because uh, not quite to the Kayla level, but um, we have great gross margin on the product. So we can think yeah. in advance. It's also cheap to ship. Yeah. So that was another thing that really right. struck me was right. like, okay, great. 
it's not very expensive past past whatever we would normally pay you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very expensive for us to actually ship the product to yeah. to somebody else. So I was like, okay, this is interesting, and we need content from from people. So okay, so you guys find the three hundred people, you, you reach out, approve we approve, you reach out, and yeah. then what happens? Then we send them the product, and then we take that pool. What I was going with that was out of the three hundred that we reach out to, if we use the minimum here, and maybe let's say a hundred opt in. We're going to take that 100 opt-in um, and upload it onto a software that we use called Mighty Scout. And we're able to, it's able to populate content that if these 100 people, let's say all 100 were to post, then we would have 100 pieces of content that are stripped on stories and in feed um, or IGTV, anything like that. Okay, so we're going to have permissions on this content if they post. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So... Um, You'd have, I mean, you're not going to get 100 out of 100. No. But again, this is all free content, so to right. speak. I mean, besides sending out the product, right? Um, which you're basically saying is very, very low cost. Uh-huh. Um, and so all that content, that's populating your content library for free. And in addition, you're getting all those free posts that you uh-huh. said you'd be interested in. So that, like the organic side of things. Right. And again, so that was, back to it, so we're not asking for anything up front. But so, people do it anyway. Right. Without, without you asking for anything, they just post. Yeah. And, and it's a great way, and what we tell brands a lot, too, is just like, this is a great way to start compiling a list of, not only these are the people that you've outreached to, but if these, okay, 50 out of that 100 posted, okay, you have 50 people that you can have good reasoning to assume that they're fans of your brand. They post it without you even asking. Um, so those are 50 people that you can now have great relationship with long-term to start maybe okay, working so, with contractually. So you are selling, you are, this was clear to me, like when you and Taylor were talking about this, and this is part of the thing that was really interesting to me about this, is like, so if I get the post, I don't really care about that. I don't think, typically, what do you guys charge for this program? 6K for the, on the minimum three. Okay, great. So, great. So you're basically charging, so you're charging minimum per, 300 influencers. Charging per head we reach out to. So okay, 20 great. 20 bucks per head. 20 bucks a head, okay? So I think it's, like, I still think it's super cheap relative to like, just like, the amount of time it would take yeah. for a team... Never mind to do this. Okay. Um, that's what you guys would normally charge. So I was thinking like, okay, so for 6K, if I can reasonably get, I remember Taylor said this to me too similarly, which was like, we reach out to 300 people, let's say 100 of them respond, and then half of them post. Like I would probably pay 6K for 50 posts from like micro-influencer level people, right? How many followers are these people going to have? I mean, they're going to ballpark between 10 to 100K, but also you're gonna, we're going to put in macros, influencers. We're going to put wide-ranging people. Just like yeah, yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, so 10 to 100K followers. To 500K. But let's, just say, yeah. let's just say people in that range. Like, I mean, you would for sure pay 6K At plus minimum. the product. Yeah, for, I mean, for sure to get 50 posts, right? Organic posts. <laughs> and for me, I would write that off as a marketing expense. Like, that. It's not. I don't even care if I see a return on that. Like, it's not even – it's just not like, like – Part of the goal here is not even that, like, somebody, those of us who have spent a lot of time on digital ads like Facebook and, and Google, like, we, we tend to live in this world of expecting direct response style responses where it's like, click buy, that's how you measure marketing success. But I don't even think, like, on the post level, I'm not really worried about that. What I'm more worried about is just brand touch points with, with people yeah. in the world. Just yeah. boom, 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 boom. Okay, but then, of course, beyond that, what I'm going to get is this content 
that then I can now, and this is what I was saying earlier, that I can now, especially if I'm strategic about what I'm sending out, if I know I have this subset of winning product right. and I'm sending that out to people, yeah. then when they post it, it's probably going to generate more interest from their audience because that's stuff that our customers have already told us they like the most. So mm-hmm. probably these people's audiences will like it the most as well. Yeah. Okay, So that will generate more interest from their audience. Um, and then also, um, now I have taken all that content and I can start beefing up my product pages with to make my brand feel as lived in as it now has become. I mean, these people are really wearing it, and so it actually is lived in a little yeah. bit more. Um, and now I can start showing people, basically, in the 31 Bits case, that this is, it's, it's not everywhere. it's not uncool, you know? And yeah. the opposite, it's like developing a, a following, and it's cool, and like and all that. So, um, so you can feel comfortable and safe wearing it, essentially. It's also gonna give people sort of like outfit pairing options for 31 Bits, which I'm yeah. excited about. Like, people will have ways to wear it with other stuff, which I know matters to a lot, to jewelry customers quite a bit. Um, so now I've got that content, but now beyond all of that, and of course maybe I'll repost it all on social myself and all those things, which yeah. influencers are happy about because we've got you know ninety thousand followers or whatever, and they all want to build their followings too. Um, so, but beyond that, I can now also look at who represents my brand the best. Yeah, and of those people who post, I can um, either use the content they've given me uh, for ads. So you want to talk about that first? Yeah, no, I mean, well, that's what I was saying earlier is like we're going to be able to just pump you guys full of content. I mean, it's not a guaranteed number of assets uh-uh. as if like if you worked with us on an influencer content package, uh-huh. um, but it's going to be people organically posting. And we're just sending you this weekly. Yeah. And so that way, and you guys are also tracking it? Yeah. Oh no, we're gosh. tracking it with the, I mean, all the metrics that we don't really care about, you don't either with like reach and remedial value, but also um, the total amount of content. Like, Man, that is so good. So then you guys are even sending us along, hey, these people are posting. Here's the content. Are you sending us the actual files at that point? Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. So then we can start posting that ourselves, and that becomes ad content for us. So now we've just sourced tons of ads. Um, And, of course, beyond that, we've also sourced relationships. And I think this is the thing that's actually the most interesting thing to me about this, is that probably... For our first release, I know exactly what product we'll send these people. But then as you think about 31-bit strategy of like new product releases all the time, if I have these these influencers who love our brand and who are interested, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna have my seamless probably using your app and just, yeah. oh, these are the 20 people who like I'm um, of the of the 300 people we reach out to, these 20 are really yeah. engaged with us, which is totally fine. That's actually the whole problem with influencer marketing from my perspective a lot right. of the time is like culling through the 280 people who I don't care about, really, right. who don't care about me either. Yeah. That's, that's fine. To get to the 20 that I really do. If you got to 20, that's a win. Massive win. Yeah. And then if I can send those people my next product line, now I can start to mobilize a group of people who love our brand, take care of them well. I mean, you can think about signing them to longer term Hey, we want we're going to pay you a monthly fee if you post. So you, you can come up with all kinds of deal structures. We want new ad content. We'll pay you this much for that. Like it just while it's all validated ahead of time that they know the brand, they post good content, they're not going to screw anything up, like all those kinds of things. So I look at those things, or they might screw it up. You but, sound like me on a BD call right now, by the way. Well, but this the, is what I, basically what I say. But the thing is, like, and, and this is part of the thing I was trying to communicate to you and Taylor when you guys were talking about this is like. I sort of, like, in some ways, I sort of think you guys should stop everything else you're doing at Kinship and just, like, spend all your time selling this. Yeah. Because, like, the excitement that I hope you hear in my voice right now is, like, oh, my gosh, I get all of that. And, like, again, you guys are doing this for us as, like, a deal that we worked yeah. out because of yeah. all these connections. But, like, all of that for, like, six grand just feels it feels ridiculous to me. Yeah. Like, six grand plus the co- product cost and the right, right. right. It feels insane. Like, 
it cuts off so much work for so much longer term upside that like what I'm fully expecting to have happen here is that like you guys make up the cost of doing this for free for us from this just from us yeah. because we're going to reach out to you and say like okay we want to send moisturizer to 300 people as well from Bamboo Earth <laughs> exactly. you know or whatever totally. right like totally um like so like there's just a million things like that that I think of like longer term and my hope here is that we just like have kinship and its seeding program as essentially one of the weapons in our arsenal long term. It's like yeah. here's how we grow brands. We develop all this content, especially for a low cog brand. Like you guys should be pumping out seeding all the time, right? Because um, I mean, we have wide ranging clients that are really high cog, and it's like, okay, I mean, if you're sending a bike, that's like that's a lot. And so I understand you probably can't send out 300 of those uh-huh. um, like in a month. Uh-huh. So. It's just something that we, I mean, you're hitting the it's nail on the a, head. It's an advantage built into, or it's it's a strategy that's germane to what what is good about our brand, which is this cost issue, basically. Like, one of the reasons that we liked 31 Bits when we acquired it is because the gross margin is awesome. Um, yeah. No question. And so, yeah. um, and it's not even just gross margin as a percentage, because, like, the gross margin of modern fuel is really good, too. Um, but those pens are 200 bucks, so even at 80% margin um, for a titanium pen, I, that still cost me $40 every time I send one out to an influencer, right? Yeah. So did I do that math right? Yeah, I did. Um, so like, so like, even if it's cheap to ship, now this program becomes quite a bit more expensive for me, mm-hmm. um, even though it's really cool. But for, for bits, at that same margin level for a $50 product, yeah. I can just turn will, this stuff out. I will say so, the principle remains. And so like, that's, oh, for what sure. I, that's what I tell our clients all the time is just like, whether you can send out one a month, you need to be doing this as part of your consistent strategy. That's if right. If you have a marketing team, if you have some, I mean, even lower entry level employee, like put this person on this to yeah. identify that one person. Even if they can't do it at the 300 kinship scale. 100%. Like, this is just 100%. like, this is just influencer the, advice. Like Forget the compounding value that this is going to provide your brand long term is just way outside of working with kinship for mm-hmm. easily three or four months. Like mm-hmm. that's what I tell them too is like, this is going to last you. These relationships, ideally, you're gonna have twenty to forty yeah. to sixty. Like these people are gonna outlast what you're, you know, what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. So tell me how this goes badly for us. Tell me like if we come back in two months and the podcast <laughs> is like kinship seating doesn't work, which I won't make you sit through that. If we do that. <laughs> um, so this was an epic fail, Cody. Tell me why. <laughs> well, actually, I think it'd no. be interesting. It would be interesting no, to, to, to I, do both more than open. I bet you would. Um, because like, so how 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 come this wouldn't like how will this not work? And maybe we want to answer the other question first, which is, in fact, we should. Let's answer the other question first. What do we have to do to make sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity for this to be a great strategy for us? Like, I'm thinking of some things at the level of, like, what we send out, for one thing. But, like, even beyond that, like, what do you see with this? How does it go right now? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if I'm going to think about this... you as a brand have already done a lot of the legwork in terms of making this successful. So like some of the seeding campaigns that we've done on behalf of clients, I'm just like, hmm, I don't know, I don't know what the response rate will be. I still because think the it, brand sucks. Yeah, just because like the, there's no story. It's kind of just like a product. So like yeah. with 31 bits, you guys are already so ahead of the game. Where I'm at, I anticipate a lot of great response rate based on the people that we put in front of you that we anticipate like, hey, this is who our customer is. This is who we want the influencers to represent them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really don't see... When it gets there, we want to tell that story really well then, right? Because because if what you're saying is one of the advantages built in for us is that we have brand story and a beautiful brand, then we need to make sure that gets communicated the moment it shows up. Well, a huge factor of that, what I would say is I don't know what your unboxing looks like, but that would be a huge, huge, like... Get that way, dialed 
Yeah. If it's not, getting it something set up for these 300 specifically yeah. that we're going to outreach to, to have it ready for, okay, let's make that, if the brand's awesome, let's make that 200 people opt in. Uh-huh. If those 200 people get an awesome unboxing experience, I expect a very high percentage of those people to post for free. Because it, it just naturally, and sure. we saw this all the time at Kalo, is just putting these together, these awesome seating yeah. packages. I mean, we saw... Well, I still remember when we first did the CrossFit game stuff there, like... I remember the package we put together with them it included like a gift card for a date night with your wife or your husband. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it was like, and it was like all, it was like date night in a box was like the whole concept, right? And it was beautifully put together by Sadie Lewandowski, I think probably designed the box who is one of my rock designers now. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And like in the earliest, earliest days, that might've been before you came. I don't remember. Or you were really, really early then. Uh, I think uh, that was right when I was. Yeah. Probably, operating. probably very early. But yeah, anyway, before you yourself became basically a CrossFit Games athlete, you know, that we would, <laughs> that we would be seeing to now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Cody, I mean, Cody does work in the gym, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> no, but, um, but uh, yeah, but like we got incredible posts and like became very native to that community. That's yeah. probably another thing I would say to people, actually, is if you are targeting a very specific community or subculture, go find the influencers you- in that subculture and send it out. Did you watch our online course? Because I talked about this too. No, but this is because you and I <laughs> both saw that happen in yeah. this world, no. right? I mean, it's like the, I mean, if you want to get into it, if you want to break into a product category that you haven't broken into or you're just launching into a new category, seating is the best way to get it in. Yep. And it's not just the influencers, right? Yep. It's like the brand owners of a competitor. Um, it's like, you know, maybe not a direct competitor, but, you know, other things that are maybe non competitors. Um, it's getting on podcasts. I mean, ideally, like, you want your product to hit all five senses, right? Like, and yeah. seating is one way that you could probably hit three of them. Yeah. <laughs> at least, you yeah. know? So. Huh. Okay, so unboxing experience needs to be good. Yeah. Having the brand be at a place where it's kind of ready to do this, it sounds like, is good, which is just, like, have the brand up to a level of yeah, quality and if you people can't, are excited if, about. If you can't do, like, an amazing unboxing experience, I mean, yeah. like, the ones we're, packages we're talking about is, like, a wooden box and, like, yeah, all that right. stuff. That's where, obviously, shipping goes through the roof. Yeah. But, even if you can just send a handwritten note, like that still just goes a long way. Yep. Um, so just doing like that minimum is something that yep. to where you make the influencers feel special rather than like if they just ordered online. Yes. Um, yeah. Again, I don't know what that unboxing experience is now, but yep. if it's something that's even more, just one step up for the influencers, yep. I think definitely increases um, the amount of content that you would end up receiving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And creating a great first impression, right? Yeah. Like, right. It, this is like the. This first is a brand date. you want to work with. This is the first date with the influencer. Like, yeah. what impression are you giving? Because they've never heard of you before. Right. And for them, probably, they don't want to post a brand that sucks because it will look bad for their brand. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, and we're kind of doing that homework on the front end too, just to make sure, like, hey, this is maybe if they're, you know, religious or if yeah. they're a woman, like, <laughs> right. like, the, like nailing those two. But like outside of that, whatever persona things that we end up discussing, like right. who those people are or should yep. be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Anything else about like, how do we make sure to do this great unboxing, thoughtfulness? I mean, if you're, if you didn't have the system that we set up a place, but if we are doing it for you, but like that first outreach message needs to be definitely not asking them for anything <laughs> but we that's already like part of our process yeah um, those are kind of the things that yes you can start palms down right yeah. yeah okay great don't ask for anything no strings attached hey yep. like we just we love you as a brand you know advocate yeah we would love for just send you the product no strings attached let me know if you're interested yeah like that's kind of the template okay 
By the way, I have like mm, fifty five hundred Twitter followers, so if you ever want to see me any product, like I'm pretty huge deal. So I don't know if I can get a hold of you. <laughs> You're, you might be too big. I might be too big. I'm yeah. expensive to post for people yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, all right. So, um, what was I going to say? I actually have posted for you guys. That's funny. Wow. Uh, um, so, okay. How's it go badly? How does it go? Tell me the other side. What? Why will this not work for us? Have you seen it not work for anybody? Again, I would just go back to like what the product is. Sometimes it's just like we have a client right now that has that invented basically something where you can put a dumbbell on your foot and do exercises with it. Uh-huh. It's kind of like something just for now. It's like peak COVID. Yeah. People are working out at home. Yep. It's a unique product. You're like, I've never heard of that in my life. Yep. People are posting about like that like crazy when they're seeding them out. Um, so again, I, I think I would just go back to like when I've seen it not work as well, it's just like either one super competitive space, like a supplement, um, or, you know, it's just like, there's not really much of a brand story that people really get behind when they click on that brand handle in the DM or like in the website on the email, it's like that impression isn't great either. So of course I do think they should seed. Um, and we want them to get and understand the philosophy, but that's where it's, it's kind of like, Hmm. In that respect, you're even getting, you're even paying for some valuable feedback there. People are, if influencers 100%. are not interested in posting for your brand, even if you send them something for free and you think your product is cool, you probably have some questions to ask yourself, right? Yeah, and to be honest, which I, is good. I'm mean, just good to know. It's like you just said to me, like, yeah, I'll come do the post more if it doesn't work because, like, yeah, that would be probably great feedback for kinship, yeah, right? No, and just totally. And, it, and it's something that I think, uh, again, like it goes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's like this: the bo- the bonus is the content. Yeah. The real value is the relationship because that is compounding. Like that is something that builds over time. Yeah. And um, so even when the it doesn't go as well from those 300 influencers and it becomes maybe 30 and then it from those it's like five, like I would still say that's a win to you, the brand owner that has five brand advocates, big time fans that are like, hey, I love the crap out of this thing. Yeah. Um, like those are five people that, and, and this goes back to, if I could invent something, this would be amazing is the tracking the word of mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like how many people, those five people told, will tell, yeah. you know, and the sales that end up coming from that as well. Um, yeah. so I obviously yeah. could geek out on seating all day long, but no, it's good. So, okay. All right. So we'll find out if this works. So yeah. we're going to do this next. And, um, that's now the strategy for 31 bits. This is what we believe that we can make work is source new content with kinship. Um, and, uh, uh, release product and have a sales strategy, like a, a promotional strategy, a promotional calendar. That when I think that those three elements together, being better about our product releases, new lines, being better about our promotional calendar, um, and and developing a seeding program and content um, package and partnership, everything we just talked about, that those three things can form the core of a strategy that that really helps everyone. It's a lot. Um, the nice thing too about all those is they're really scalable. Like if the moment that this works, the brand runs basically the same way at a million dollars in revenue as it does in five million dollars in revenue with that with that engine at the core. You know, scaling the ad, it's not hard to add dollars to your ad account if it's working. It's not hard to yeah. like reach back out to you and say I want three hundred more people and go make the relationships and like yeah. that's all. It all just kind of works. Like whether you order one hundred of a unit or fifty of a unit or a thousand of a unit, it's ultimately one design from a graphic or from a uh, product designer. So in that respect, like this is all very scalable. Um, and so that's part of the thing that we're excited about too, that if we can make this work, we think it will work very well at a million at 5 million at 10 million, uh, in revenue. 
and we can kind of keep keep making it work. So that's the goal. I will tell you, as always, if it works, the 31 bits journey has been harder than I expected. Um, I, I thought we would be able to solve some things faster than we could, but that's part of why we do this is that everybody who goes through something entrepreneurial in this kind of way, like uh, where you're launching a brand or you acquire a brand or you're, you know, you're doing growth for a brand, you're in it because you are probably an optimist who thinks you can make something work and do something. And so so I've been um, frustrated at times, but uh, we can, like I said, see real progress and, and the goal is to, uh, to see if we can make it work here. So, all right, Cody, tell people where they can reach out to you. It's in the show notes. Your information is in the show notes. So, um, so if you are listening to this and you want to get in contact with Kinship and talk about doing seeding with them, um, run back through the product again, the seeding product, just so people know what it is. Um, yeah. And then... Um, and then... Uh, I'll, we'll make sure that we link to the right place in the show notes, but just tell people where to find you. Yeah, uh, Twitter, at Cody Wittick, and Instagram, same thing. Okay. So those are two places that are common, or you can reach out to my partner, Taylor Lagasse. Um, those are probably the easiest ways. And, and then running through the program again, yeah? Yeah, just summarize it again. So reaching out to a minimum of 300 influencers, we're giving it... Uh, the first outreach message is no strings attached, asking for nothing in return, wanting to give them the product. Um, and then from those that people that are interested, we get their address and we ship them the product. From those people that get shipped the product, we onboard onto that software and we're able to um, basically, as soon as they get the product, if they post, which is an if because we don't ask for it, um, we're able to strip that content, whether it gets posted on story and feed IGTV, and we're able to deliver it right back to you with reporting. Um, and that's kind of the final touch point. And then we just start all over. Cool. All right. I love it. I'm really, really excited about this. I it was too. totally sincere. I want to say like, this did not come from the, uh, sort of like ecosystem sharing that we have. This yeah. came from hearing you guys talk and me going like, I really think this is a great idea. So, um, I'm stoked on it. Cody, thanks for taking the time. So there it is. That's the next steps for 31 bits. Thanks for listening. That was a longer episode, I know, but I really wanted you to hear me process this um, next effort before we delivered it. Um, I, I, I want to talk through the problem solving that we're going through. As always, um, one of the great things for me about doing this podcast is that I get some free advice back. Uh, so if you've listened and you are hearing what I'm saying and you think I'm about to blow it uh, by like doing something badly with seeding or that this merchandising uh, sort of promotionality, new product line, part development approach is just going to be a disaster for me. If you see the landmines that I don't see, please tell me. Podcast at 4x400.com is the way to reach me. Podcast at 4x400.com. I see those emails um, and respond to them as much as possible. Um, you can also reach out to me on Twitter as always at Andrew J. Ferris and um, at Cody Wittick is also on Twitter. Um, and uh, I will put all those links in the show notes for you. Thanks as always for listening. I hope your 2021 has started out um, as well as possible in the midst of some insanity in our country right now um, and uh, hope you are doing well. Thanks for listening.